0: This is the Praise FM live show. I'm Joshua Denoyer. With me today, Dave Davenport and Randy Caswell.
1: Hey, guys, Hey, Josh. How are you doing, buddy? Good.
0: Doing well. Doing well. Uh, I think we're going to be going into the book of Romans chapter one today. But before we do that, let's go ahead and lift up this time in prayer, shall we? Father, we thank you today for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for this time that we could share together in learning the word of God and seeking truth, Father, through your word. I pray that those that listen today would be blessed, would be encouraged, and would glean a greater understanding and desire a greater relationship with you through this time. And Lord, we thank you for that. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Amen. We, are, we are going to be going into the book of Romans. Do you want to go ahead and, and do a little bit of a... Not a long recap, Randy, but maybe just kind of uh, maybe, a, maybe a one minute recap of where we were and how we're going to get into the book of Romans.
1: Yes. Um, what we've been doing is uh, the Romans Bible study is we were going um, back to the background of the Apostle Paul. He's the apostle to the Gentiles. And we thought before we talked about the writings of the book of Romans, because he's going to be talking about grace and the new covenant of grace and explaining to that. We went into the background of who he was. Paul was a teacher, a student under Gamaliel, one of the greatest rabbis that Israel had. And he was uh, zealous for for the law of the Old Testament law. And he thought that Jesus was a false prophet. He thought his church was uh, teaching a lie and not the truth. And so therefore he was persecuting the church and he was there at the first stoning of the very first Christian that was a martyr, approving of it. And then he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. He's going to Damascus to capture other Christians and to persecute them. And as he's on the road to Damascus, he meets Jesus Christ. Excuse me, Jesus comes to him. And Paul, at that point, becomes a believer and a follower of Jesus. He goes into Damascus and the Lord speaks to a disciple named um, Ananias, and then he tells Ananias, I want you to go and pray for this man named Saul because Saul is my chosen instrument to be a testimony to the Gentiles of the world and you must suffer greatly. Ananias is faithful as a disciple and obeys the Lord, goes and meets uh, Saul and the very first thing he says is brother Saul. I love that because that's what grace does, mercy and the power of God and become a part of the family. He said, the Lord Jesus Christ has sent me here to pray for you that you might receive the Holy Spirit and be baptized. And that's exactly what Ananias did. He laid hands upon him and Paul received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then he got up and he was water baptized too in the name of Jesus. So Paul, this persecutor of the church and persecutor of Jesus is now a born again, spirit-filled believer following after Jesus with all his heart and soul and strength. But God had given him a call to be a a missionary, uh, to be an apostle to the Gentiles. And that's about where we're picking up right now Mm -hmm. when he begins his ministry. But before we do that, I have to tell you that uh, right after that, Paul leaves Damascus and he goes to Arabia. And for about three years time, he receives a revelation of Jesus Christ. He receives a revelation from the Lord. And I would believe it's teaching him uh, the ministry of grace in this covenant of grace. Because you're gonna find in the Bible, Paul explains what Jesus did on the cross. You're gonna find that he explains this new covenant of grace. We know Jesus died. And we know that his blood cleansed us from all unrighteousness. We know that we're born again. All the work is done through Jesus Christ, but now we're in a new covenant of grace. Mm-hmm. And if, if you study the gospels, you don't really get the full understanding of that. But when you read the apostle Paul's writings, then he begins to explain. It's kind of like the flower is there, but it opens up so that you begin to understand grace. And mm-hmm. there was a problem in the Roman church. Uh, First, Paul had never been at Rome and ministered to this church and he was hoping to go to, we'll find in chapter one, that. But there was a problem in the church that Jewish Christians, Hebrew Christians were trying to say that you have to follow the law and Jesus Mm -hmm. to be saved. And Paul, I love this. He was a Hebrew of the Hebrews and he was a Pharisee and he was radical in the Old Testament law. And now when he comes to Jesus Christ, He says that that testament is over. And now we have a new testament of grace. And he was telling and he's telling the church of Rome and the church universal us today. God has not called us to live by the law. He's called us to live in the covenant of grace, which is by faith. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to tackle all these things. I'm looking forward to it. And for all our listeners out there, I am glad that you want to study the word of God with us. And so we're going to start uh, with doing that. And I'm going to ask, uh, Brother Dave, could you help us by by reading? Let's read the first uh, six verses of Romans chapter one. Could you do that for me?
2: All right. It says, Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David, according to the flesh who was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his name's sake, among whom you also are called of Jesus Christ, to all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Thank you, Dave. And one of the things, uh, folks, when we were doing our pre-planning last week, we asked a question about a bond servant. And I think it's uh, important because, see, this whole book, uh, Paul is going to be dealing with a problem, and he's going to be directing them. So at the very beginning, he's beginning to teach the church about the authority that he has. And he begins to teach them not only about the authority that he has, but who gave them this authority to give this direction, who gave them the authority to do. So basically, is it's almost like if you have two kids and they're they're not behaving well, then they're not doing right. What do parents do? They get both mm-hmm. the kids together and they say, this is what you're going to do, and, and we're going to bring direction to you on, mm-hmm. on how to do that. Well, that's what the Apostle Paul is doing. But when I read this, what I love about this is uh, he starts out, a servant of Christ Jesus called the apostle set apart for the gospel of God. What a first sentence, you know that? Um, the, the NIV or NASB has a bond servant of Jesus Christ. And when I look at this, I see Paul showing three different things. I see him showing, first of all, he's a servant leader. Mm-hmm. And he served the Lord and that, that he, he serves God. And, that, and that's a part where... He's not trying to discipline these people. He's not trying to teach the church this because he wants to dictate over them and be a just to show how smart he is. Mm -hmm. But he's come to, uh, he has a servant's heart. And the second part is is he's called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. So he's got credentials here. Remember when we were talking about Ananias, when the Lord calls him? The Lord calls Mm him, he's the apostle to the Gentiles. Right. And so he has an apostolic authority that Jesus Christ is given to. And what's the apostolic authority? What does this purpose? One, he has a servant's heart. So he's serving God and by serving God, he's serving the church, he's serving the men and he's teaching them uh, the authority that was given to him by Jesus Christ. So then the second part is, is a part for the gospel of God. So mm-hmm. in other words, it's really not about him. It's about God and it's about God's will. What he wants him to do, and guys, do you have any idea what a bond servant is? What do you think that he's trying to get across to these these, part, these men, well, the church? I
2: I, look, I looked up the word, and it's doulos in Greek, and mm-hmm. literally translated, it is slave. And I read that a servant wasn't a good translation of it; it is more, more of a slave. Because a slave in Roman society had actually, a- absolutely no rights. Um, for for a long period, they weren't even allowed to marry. And uh, even when they did, were allowed to marry. They any children they any offspring they had any children belonged to um, their master. They uh, they had no personal rights uh, of any at all. Um, They, uh, they had no country, they had no ownership rights. Anything that they owned actually belonged to their master. Mm -hmm. And that's what Paul's saying here. I don't have anything, everything that I am and everything that I have is because of Jesus Christ, you know, he goes into, and you know, at one point in Philippians, he talks about everything that he had, everything that he was in the flesh. Um, and you know, he, he says that that that, was, that he considers that dung compared to knowing christ and uh that that's how much paul sees this he has he has given up his freedom to follow christ and do mm-hmm. what christ wants you know he he uh he says in galatians two twenty. he says it's i've been crucified with christ it's no longer i that live but christ that lives in me and uh the life I live, I live through faith in the, in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And that's what Paul did. He, mm-hmm. he totally submitted to the will of God, the father and the son and the Holy spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, that, you know, and, and that was voluntary.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, that was voluntary. You know, in, in Roman society, there's three ways to become a, a slave one you were taken prisoner of war and then pressed into slavery, or you were born to a slave, which made you a slave, or you chose for a particular reason for economic reasons, whether it be to because of poverty or you had debt to somebody. And, uh, I don't, from Paul's writings, I don't think that he did it out of debt to Christ. He did it out of love. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the difference is the motivation becomes love, not debt. Yeah. yeah. That
1: kind of rings a bell later. He says, oh, what is it in Romans? I think we yeah, I think he says in Romans where he says, oh, oh, nobody got a debt of love. You know, basically he talks about debt, but he connects love with that. And one of the things I was thinking about this is the fact that as a bond servant, he's trying to show his attitude is here is to serve God mm-hmm. and to serve. I mean, the whole mission of what he's about, the right, it comes from an attitude of, of serving the church and serving them because there was a disunity that was happening in the church. And, and now God was giving him as the, uh, the authority, as the apostle to the Gentiles, to, to be able to uh, bring unity back and to bring unity back with the right theology and, and meaning of grace, to walking in grace. And I thought it was interesting because here, He's a servant of the Lord in that humility, but then the other part is, is he's an apostle, and mm-hmm. there's an authority that's taken place there. So he's saying to the church, um, "Listen up. I'm the apostle to the Gentiles, not by man, but by God. I was mm-hmm. set apart by God. So, so when he says here the set apart by for for the gospel of God, Paul is is basically telling the the Roman Church." And you need to pay attention to what I'm about to tell you. Because this isn't just about me or isn't just about what I'm telling you. This is about God's will and God's, uh, God's authority. So pay attention to it. But yet I don't come here in pride. I'm telling you this in true humility. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about that. Uh, it's the fact that that later on he's going to say that I want, I'm here to impart spiritual gifts to you. And I've come at this point at the, the time to, as a set apart for God. And that reminded me of something. I, I was thinking about this um, to impart the spiritual gifts. He said, I want to teach him about faith. But the part here where he says about set apart by God, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 15, Paul says here, uh, but when God who set me apart from my birth and he called me by his grace. Paul, I believe when he's talking about in Galatians, he says, God set me apart to do this ministry that he called me. Now he's saying this to the Roman church that I've been set apart. For teaching you the very gospel of God. He's saying, God has done incredible work in my life, and He has a mission for me to accomplish. And you are part of the mission that He's called me to accomplish, to direct you, to teach you, and to train you in the righteousness that comes from the Lord. Isn't that kind of amazing, guys?
0: Yeah, yeah. And you were, you were, go ahead. Um, You were, you were talking about the apostleship. I know Paul refers to himself, I don't know if it's in the book of Romans or if it's in another book he wrote, as an apostle called out of due season. And, uh, that just kind of rings into this whole thing of his choice to become a servant. I think the scripture in, uh, in in NIV and also I think NASB says bond servant, which I think Dave, you'd brought out, I think in, in one of the previous broadcasts that a bond servant is, is someone that is a servant by choice and not a servant by, servant by, um, being bought or being, uh ordered to be a servant. So I thought that was kind of interesting. What, what is the, he says it, he says that he's an apostle. Now he was not present when Jesus picked the apostle. So what, what were the um, criteria for being an apostle that qualified Paul to be an apostle?
1: You want my wise guy to answer? When the Lord Jesus Christ comes and knocks you off a horse, <laughs> but there was, and he was, says, "I'm calling you to go to the Gentiles." You know, I mean, yeah. that's a wise guy answer. You know, like but that. There, but, uh, there
0: was some, there was some, some uh, correct credentials that had to happen for you to be that way. Yeah, and so you want to go? You want to answer that?
1: Well, in the apostolic ones at uh, the very beginning of the Book of Acts, they had to be with Jesus from the very beginning of his ministry up until his death burial, and resurrection they had to see right. jesus well right. paul wasn't there at the very beginning of his ministry nor was he a follower like the other uh, 11 apostles because we know that uh we know that judas uh hung himself and so um he was not a follower he wasn't following jesus at the end he uh he was uh well at the end he commits suicide because he betrayed jesus just as the prophets talked about right. but uh but Paul, though he's different, because see, he is—he's uh, called by Jesus Christ. He met Jesus. He saw Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, mm-hmm. and he was given this authority exactly by Jesus Christ. I mean, so, I mean, you can't get any—you you can't get a higher credential than that. I mean, right, when the Lord yeah. speaks to him, I mean, so, uh, so, but he did see Jesus resurrected from the grave. Well, there are
2: there are other apostles other than the twelve because I mean it mentions them and. In different places, there's uh he refers to, uh, Barnabas at one points referred to as apostle, uh, andronicus, uh, Junius, uh, in different places, he, uh, calls them out and names them as apostles. So, um, there are other, there are other apostles than just the 12 that were. That and I think, were,
1: I think also to the fact that Paul, as an apostle, he did not want to build on a another man's foundation, another ministry. He actually took the gospel to people that had never heard the name of Jesus before. And that's part of the apostolic ministry. We have a lot of people today that, that want to claim apostleship, but yet they don't go establish churches in the place where his name is not even heard. <laughs> you know, that right. that is part right. of the apostolic ministry. And and the fact that 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 he, Paul, was actually taking the gospel to the Gentiles which would also qualify him as an apostle because no one was taking the gospel to the Gentiles at that moment, at that time. Well, because... well he
2: tells us, he tells us in, in three places, first Corinthians, Ephesians, and Timothy in the first passage of each one of those, that he was called by the will of God.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And, uh, um, yep. he, and God even tells that to Ananias, you know, and Acts nine, he tells him that, that he's been called, um, to bring the, to bring the, the word to the Gentiles. So he, he tells him that. And, you know, so it's not just, he hasn't just told Paul he's told Ananias, he's told other people, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so, but then
1: uh, the apostles later would even confirm Paul, you know, by welcoming him with fellowship when he would go up to Jerusalem and they welcomed him and and approved of his ministry too, but his approval wasn't from men. It was from God. Wasn't it guys? Mm
0: -hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
1: I mean, men were used and all that, but, but Paul definitely says, I received revelation from the Lord. Uh, The set apart for the gospel of God, what do you think? uh, What does that bring to your mind? Whenever you hear when Paul's saying, what do you think he's saying that for?
0: Well, for me, um, it, it's, Kind of the description of sanctification walking in sanctification because that's what sanctification really means the 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 greek word there means to be set apart for the calling of god and and to follow along that purpose and so uh, paul here is is not only saved and justified he's also being sanctified in the lord and going and doing that which he's supposed to be doing and that is a that is a lifelong process. Once we uh, become born again, that's the beginning, that's the very, very first beginning of sanctification. And then sanctification is the continual walking in the Word, continual walking with God and doing that which God wants you to do. That's uh, a big part. That's well the whole the whole thing of, of, of sanctification. We've not reached uh, sanct- we've not reached glorification until we see Jesus but and, and sanctification continues until that point and so it's important that we that's why it's important we stay walking with god because we are in the process of sanctification
2: well, in, in that in galatians he says but when god had set me apart from my mother's womb and called me through his grace he was set apart from his mother's womb but yet mm-hmm. he's persecuting the church
0: mm-hmm.
2: because paul was going his own way paul was going He was looking, he, 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 he wasn't walking by the spirit. He wasn't being led by the spirit. He was being led by his mind Mm -hmm. and the, and the things that he thought. And, um, you know, so God in his infinite wisdom and knowledge set Paul apart, even though Paul was going to be persecuting the church and doing these things, God knew where everything ends up at. And he says, but in that verse in Galatians 1 15 and 16, he says, um, but when God who had set me apart, even from my mother's womb, so from his from the day he was created, God knew his plan for Paul. Mm-hmm. He knew what Paul was going to do. Yep. And he called and he called me through his grace.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And what's the grace that he called him through that grace. Is described in Titus uh, 2 11 to 12 and uh, let me go to it real quick Um, this is this verse to me is about the best explanation you're ever gonna find of grace I mean it goes a lot deeper than this but this is uh, this is this is Paul telling us what grace is and starting in Verse 11 It's Titus two, verse 11. It says for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Instructing us to instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope in the appearing of the glory of the great God and savior, Jesus Christ. And that's what grace does. I mean, that's grace. It instructs Mm -hmm. us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly and righteously and godly in the present age. That's what grace does. When Mm -hmm. grace got poured out on him, he got a new heart and he got the spirit in him. And that's the, and that's what Ezekiel is talking about when he talks about that. He'll put his spirit in us so that we will walk in his statutes and obey his ordinances. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what he's talking about. We do it by the spirit, the spirit that God put in us because we have a new heart that, that desires and longs for God. And that's grace. I mean, that's what Ezekiel 36 is, is a picture of grace. Mm -hmm. And that's the grace that Paul was called in. He no longer tried to live by the law. Uh, You know, and when you live by the law, you are doing things because you have to, you're doing things because you want a reward. You're looking for a war, a reward. You're looking for something in return. You're looking to please God. You are, you know, the law is, you know, when we, when we live by the law, we're looking to please God and earn our salvation. Mm-hmm. But God says, no, I'm going to put, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a heart that desires me. And I'm going to put my spirit in you and that spirit will guide you and lead you and you will do the things that you need to do out of love for me, not out of, Oh, well, I got to do this. Well, you know, it comes natural. You now have a new, you have a new nature. You have, uh, the old nature is, um, it's not the, the, we now have a new nature and we can walk in the new nature of God. You know, uh, First mm-hmm. Peter, second Peter two or second Peter one talks about, you know, that through the promises and stuff, let me go to, let me go to that, but we become partakers of the divine nature and, uh, you know, through the promises and um, well, let me read it exactly here. The one it says grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus, seeing that his divine power, has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence.
0: What was the reference to that?
2: That's first Peter one starting in i I'll start, I started in two and it's going to go through four and uh, start. And then, well, let me start over again. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence for by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped corruption that is in the world by lust he's called us you know, he's given us promises. I mean, that's Ezekiel I mean that's Jeremiah 31. Mm-hmm. He's given us those promises mm-hmm. and through Jesus Christ, he delivered and enacted those promises. Mm-hmm. And when Christ takes hold of us, that's what happens. You know, Christ took hold of Paul on the road to Damascus, you know, even though he was set aside, that Paul's old nature in, in an unregenerate state, Paul could not please God because he did not have Christ in him. He did not have God in him. He didn't have the spirit. He didn't have that new heart. And when Christ took hold of him, he gave him a new heart and he put his spirit in him. Now all of a sudden Paul can do the things that God wants in an unregenerate state. He couldn't do that. It wasn't in him because he had the nature of his father, the devil, all of us in an unregenerate unregenerate state are of the, are of our father, the devil, because we were born. According to Adam, Mm -hmm. and we were born in sin.
1: I think that's why, that's why I asked the question because I think when he's saying the gospel of God, uh, Paul is not only talking about the authority, but I think he's actually saying that this is a move of God, that God ordained for me to be here and to write this to you and for you to listen to, I have a word from God and this is the gospel of God and and that it's not something that is just made up by him or or even by the church. He, I think he's trying to show that the the message I'm about to give you comes from the Lord God himself. It's God's message for you right now to pay attention and to listen to it. And and so I'm his apostle and I've been called out, I've been set apart by God, but I've also been set apart by God to do this ministry, I've been set apart by God to teach you God's word to impart the spiritual truth, and understanding of the grace of God and the mis- message of that. Mm-hmm. You went to Ezekiel chapter 36, and this is what I, I wanted to show was the fact when we started out to say that now Paul is going to be directing the church and correcting the church. There's going to be some things he's going to correct in Romans chapter 1, but this is a move of God, and, and that's what he's saying. In Ezekiel chapter 36, you're going to find out that, that God says um, uh, there's a lot of things about what he will do And he said, uh, let me look in the verse number 24. He says to the nation of Israel, for I will take you out of the nations and I will gather you from all the countries and I will bring you back into your own land and I will sprinkle you with clean water and on you will be clean and I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. And I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you and I will remove from you a heart of stone and will give you a heart of flesh And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And then he says, and then you will live in the land. What I'm trying to say is the fact that God is moving, God is working, and God is doing his work. And that he's actually, when Paul's saying here, I've been set apart for the gospel of God. It's because God wills it for this to be taught. You know, and it's Mm kind of like we we think that, that I just wanted them to say, this is a church that's in trouble. This is a church that's struggling. This is a church that has division. And now we have the man of God who's been set apart from his childhood, from the from the time with God's ministry. He's been set apart, but when he comes to know Christ, now he has the revelation of Jesus. He he knows God, and now he's a message from God. And what he's telling the church, listen, respond to what I'm teaching you, because God put me here and sent me here to teach you these things. And, and it wasn't, rooted in Paul, but it was rooted in God. Mm
2: -hmm. When he, when he talks about the gospel, you know, a lot in a modern church, we look at it as, you know, the, the way of becoming a Christian, you know, also called by a lot of people, the plan of salvation. Uh, but that's not the gospel. The gospel is the entire is the scripture. You know, I mean, you have four books that are called the gospels, you know, But the gospel is good news. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a it's a transliteration of a Greek word, Evangelion, not a translation. The translation is good news, you know, Mm -hmm. and Paul came to preach the good news, you know, and the good news is that God has revealed himself to us and he has provided a way for us to become to, to return to a right relationship with him. Not only has he provided the way, but he is the way and he will do it. All we have to do is, you know, when you read Ezekiel 36, he says, he will wash. He says, I will wash you with clean water. That's repentance. When, Mm -hmm. when I'm washed with clean water, he's brought me, he has granted me repentance. Mm -hmm. I've turned, I've, I've acknowledged my sin and I've turned from my sin and I've turned back to God. That's repentance. Repentance. Mm -hmm. That's Ezekiel. That's what Ezekiel 36. I have to repent. Mm -hmm. And then he gives me a new heart. And I mean, there's a specific order. He lists this order for a reason. Because, you know, we have to be cleaned in order to get a new heart. We have to have that new heart. You know, we have to have that evil, unbelieving heart replaced in order to have the spirit of God come and dwell in us. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. And that's what Ezekiel's describing. That's what Paul says over and over and over throughout his epistles. You know, he he just reiterates this over and over and over. And you know,
1: yeah. I, well, see, that's what what I wanted to get across, and what I wanted to talk about was the fact that that uh, that this started with God. This was God's will. This is uh, like Ezekiel thirty-six and also Romans chapter one that. That Paul was there as a result of God's will. Paul was teaching as a result of God's will. A lot of times we we don't realize, we need to recognize that God moves and God works. And that any work that's being done in our lives with him was because he first moved in that direction. That's why Jesus said, You didn't choose me, but I chose you That's right. that you must produce for. And and this is a wonderful part about when we're both being born again and when we're being baptized in the Holy Spirit, when we have this fresh move, but what we were talking about first Peter, where we can become uh, receive part of the glory of God, it's because God willed it. And it was because God's desire, he reached out to us, and he wanted Mm -hmm. to bring salvation, life. And so when Paul's beginning the teaching of this about grace, he's telling them, listen to me, because, see, this is part of God's will. There's going to be some radical things that he's going to be teaching. Part of the church Mm -hmm. was saying we need to live by law. You know what that means? We have to follow the dietary laws. We have to go to church on Sabbath, and we have to do this things that are are the law and and, uh, circumcision and all the different things that if you want to be a righteous Christian and Paul saying hey 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 it don't work that way we're we're not following the law anymore we're living in grace and by grace we move by faith and Jesus Christ I mean there's there are these are two covenants one's been fulfilled And now the other one we're to live in and that living in grace. So, so you can see that there's a battle that's going on in the church. And so when he's beginning to teach them and direct them, he's saying, this is what God wants. This is from God's will. And this is how God's called me. So what he's telling them at the very beginning, that this is a move of God and this is God's will. So pay attention and listen. But,
2: But when you're talking about the law, there's a big difference between obeying or following the law and fulfilling the law
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and Jesus addresses on the Sermon on the Mount, um, in Matthew five, starting verse 17, he says, do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to, 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 I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill for truly, I say to you until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until it is accomplished. Fulfilling the law and obeying the law are two different things. The law is fulfilled in me when Christ comes in, who fulfilled, who came and lived this perfect life, fulfilling the law. But he comes in, he comes into me, he takes over my heart. And now I don't do these things. I mean, just because I do the things of the law doesn't mean I have fulfilled the law because it's all about the heart. It's all about the inner man. It's, mm-hmm. did I do it out of the love of God? Did I do it? You know, what was the motivation? And, you know, that's faith. Faith allows me faith in Jesus Christ to dwell in my heart. Ephesians three talks about that. I prayed, you know, Paul says, I pray that you'll be strengthened in the inner man so that Christ may help may dwell in your heart through faith. Mm-hmm. And he strengthens me in the inner man. He put his spirit in me. And you know, you got to remember Christ is in God, God is in Christ, the spirits in Christ, Christ is in the spirit. They're all one. They're all in each other. You know, you can go to John and you know, we're in John, I believe it's 17 where he talks about, you know, I and you and you and me. So if I got the spirit, I got Christ and I got the father mm-hmm. and that is uh, that's how Christ dwells in my heart. and The, um, it, it, that's how the law is fulfilled in me because now I, I have the desire. I now have, I have the option, you know, I mean, I still sin, but I have the option. As an unregenerate man, I did not have the option because I didn't have, I I didn't have a heart that longed for God and I didn't have the spirit in me. My nature was evil. My nature Mm -hmm. was the nature of Adam. Now I have the nature of Christ and now I have the choice. I'm, I have that choice of doing um, what God wants me to. And when I sin, it's because I desire the things of that, my, that nature has won out. My evil nature has won out because the nature of the flesh has won out because I, that's what I, I wanted that more than God at the time I sinned.
1: Mm-hmm. I think when Paul is talking about this uh, and he's trying to get the church there's there's a religion has a very powerful pull Mm -hmm. Um, I think that they had Hebrew Christians that just saw Christ as an extension of their faith because I mean Jesus was in Matthew 5 he came to fulfill the law Um, as the three of us are sitting here we're not trying to say that the law is bad the law is evil no the law is holy but in Romans 7 Paul says but I'm unholy. So, in other words, he doesn't throw the law away. But yet he says it's been fulfilled. Now we're to live in grace through faith. So what Dave was talking about here. But um, it the, is exactly the law re- right.
2: the the law reveals God's nature, mm-hmm. and it reveals yeah. it. It reveals what. Well, we'll be that in the end. We will and, be that fulfillment. That's that is that is our destiny. Is to be. That the law fulfilled. You know, once we're, once we're glorified, when we're in heaven, we're glorified. And then, you know, we will now have, we will have the nature where we always obey God and do the right thing. And we, and now it'll be the opposite of our unregenerate state where we didn't have the option of doing the things of God. Now we won't be able to sin once we hit that, once we. Come into that glorified state because the old nature will be gone. We'll be glorified. We'll be in that glorified state, and that'll all be passed. Mm-hmm. But and until now, we struggle between yeah. those two.
1: I just don't and, want our listeners to think to say that we that we hate the law. No, 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 no. With the the, the law it's very useful. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. If you're listening, they might sound like, "Oh, they, but, you know." But see, that's what no, but, no, that's what no,
2: grace is. Funny. Grace deny. Grace tells you, instructs us to deny ungodliness. You know, it's not. I mean. If you're living by the law, you're going to hell because if if you're sitting there saying I'm living by principles and that's what you're doing, you're going to hell because Mm -hmm. you cannot, you cannot live by principles. You have to live by faith. You have to live by faith and the spirit of God in you to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the new nature that I have. It's not, it's, it's not living by any principle that I do it. It's, it's the God has put his spirit in me. And giving me a new heart. And now I follow it out of the love for God. Out of, You know, I'm not looking for a reward. I'm not looking to please God. I'm not looking. It's my nature. And I'm following that nature now. And if I'm struggling saying, well, I have to do this, but I don't want to. You're sinning. I mean, God's not pleased with you just because you do the right thing. He's, he wants the heart. He wants a heart that longs after God. And he's, he's given you that heart in regeneration. He's given you a heart that longs for God and follows God and desires God. And that's why he put that new heart in you. And, you know, are we going to follow that nature? Or are we going to follow, or are we going to go after the sin nature? You know, at that point we come to where we now have the choice, but before regeneration, I had no choice. Mm-hmm. I always did the evil thing. Even though I may have done what appears to be good to other people, it was always motivated by my own, uh, by my own self-interest. You know, I did it because it got me something. It, you know, whatever I wanted, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I, but now I do it out of pure love. I don't do it. I do it out of pure love of God, not out of desire to get something from God or to, to manipulate God or anything else. I do it in faith. I do it in faith that yes, I'm going, I have an eternal reward with Christ. I already have that. I have that eternal reward. Now I don't have to earn it. I can just let Christ rule in my heart and do the things, carry out the things he wants to do. But my desire has to be for him. You know, I always say in my testimony that, you know, God show me the way to cease from sinning is not to do you, you, not to uh, to to learn new habits and get rid of the bad habits, but to allow Christ to fulfill me and to create in me the desire uh, for Christ to fulfill me and to look for Him for all my fulfillment. And when I do that, I do the thing. That's grace. I do the things. I do. I I deny ungodliness. I deny worldliness. Yeah. And it's not this conscious thing. I do it naturally. What you're talking
1: about is in Romans chapter six, where Paul, some people were claiming that Paul said you can live in sin. You know you can you can do sinful things and Paul denies that in Romans six. You know sin will not have dominion over it. you. Will not follow and walk in sin if you walk in grace. But what I'm saying though, when Dave says here, if you uh, if you live by precepts, you live by law. If what what Dave's saying is we're to live by grace, I, I don't need to repeat what you're saying. But what I'm what it, it can sound at the top on the surface level that oh well. You know, I guess I'm allowed to cuss. I guess I'm allowed to steal. I guess I'm allowed to break these ten commandments. No, 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 no. If you live with that's the what, Holy Spirit, the, that's what Titus the is telling you. Walk away from that. You that's what no Titus star. is.
2: That's what Paul's telling us in Titus. Grace, mm-hmm. the grace of God instructs me to deny ungodliness. Yeah, yeah. Know, that's what and, I'm people, don't, really- people don't, people don't, they want to ignore that. They want to, they want to rip that out. And they want to say, Oh man, I can walk anywhere I want, but you know what? When I have a new heart, I have a heart desires God. I have a heart of flesh that desires God. And he put mm-hmm. his spirit in me. And that spirit, the Holy spirit will not sin. The Holy spirit will not con- con- condone sin in me. You know, he tells us that the Holy that's spirit right. can fix. So when I am out of step with a spirit, That's part of the ministry of the Holy spirit is to convict me Mm -hmm. and to bring me back into repentance because that's the washing. That's the washing of the word Mm -hmm. that Paul talks about in Ephesians five, you know, washing the washing of the word and that's repentance when I'm, you know, repentance is necessary in order to have a new heart and to have the spirit within you, because if I'm not washed and I'm full of sin and you know, and I'm filthy before God. He can't dwell in me.
1: Well, I tell you what guys, uh, we're coming to a close look. We can get the verse number two because we've been dancing around here in Ezekiel chapter 36. Verse number two says that once it's set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets, in the Holy Scripture. So in other words, when we're in Ezekiel chapter 36, we're also in Romans chapter 1, because in Romans mm-hmm. 1, Paul is thinking about Ezekiel. And he's thinking about the the prophecies that Ezekiel wrote and saying this is being fulfilled. He's like, so yep. I'm on the confirmation of what Jesus has done by the will of the Father, and the prophets wrote about it. And probably yep. we'll have to next week talk about the prophecy and talk about the prophets with that. But uh, Josh, if you have anything to... To add, please add. And then okay. also, uh, we need you to close up today for today's All lesson. Right. I just want to say to the listeners, man, we're glad that you're with us today.
0: Yep. Well, I just want to want to uh, extend this, uh, this uh, thing out to you, everyone listening and those watching. If you want to download this program, it is free of charge. If you want to listen to it, you go to mypraisefm.org or firstassemblyofgodchurch.org and listen and download all the episodes. You can do that for free. Okay. And you can also go to our YouTube channel, go to that YouTube channel. Don't forget, like subscribe and share the videos. If you'd like to listen to podcasts that I put out, go ahead and do that. Go into any of these podcasts listed to type in Stepping Stones to Faith in the search bar, they will come up. These episodes are also on my podcast channel as well. And so until next time for Randy Caswell and Dave Davenport. God bless you.